The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, set apart. That is how we can truly understand holy. No, we don't fully grasp the divine perspective because we are barely divine and only through Jesus. But separated for God in our time, in our words, and in our actions, that's getting closer to holy. Not like a monk, but like a disciple of Jesus Christ. Next, stewardship, another long-lost art and discussion. How important is it? Well, after you answer God regarding where your righteousness comes from, and it only comes through Jesus. And then God will ask you, according to the teachings of Jesus, how did he how did we do with what he gave us? Uh-oh. <laughs> and finally, have we accepted the testimony from God regarding Jesus Christ? Have we accepted Jesus as our Savior? Have we accepted Jesus as our Lord? Have we accepted his task for us to build his kingdom? Any no answer. Did you hear what I just said? Any no answer is going to prove to be eternal trouble. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. Doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. David at he must increase.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Terrific T will answer the phone, and that is terrific. Now keep in mind, any topics open for conversation. The reason is it's not professional radio. It's just radio. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. You might have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question. You might be wanting to share a praise report or have a prayer request that we can pray for you in. We've seen a lot of answers to prayer. We believe God answers prayer. If you don't think God answers prayer, then don't pray. That would be... <laughs> be my response. And we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. We're crazy enough to believe that if God can create the universe, he can write a book. I know, it's way out there, right? 
Also, we do this thing called Bible trivia. That keeps everybody, you know, kind of thinking about the Word and active in the Word. The Lord wrote the Word through the Holy Spirit using people in the verbal plenary process, which means that the Spirit inspired them, but they didn't lose their personality. And so we're going to ask this question just to keep it fresh. What are the first words of Jesus recorded by Matthew? What a, now this is a very interesting beginning question. I will tell you that this is in the early part of Matthew. What were the first words of Jesus as recorded by Matthew? So if you have a red-letter edition— you want to open up your Bible, and then you go Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Matthew 3, Matthew. Okay, get it? All right. And then when the first red letter appears, bingo, there's your answer. That's what I'm asking you, though. What are the first words of Jesus? If you don't have a red letter edition, that's fine, too. The first place where Jesus spoke. I didn't say it'd be easy. I wanted it to be hard for a reason. Uh, 972-445-0770. That's the number to call in if you think you know the answer to that trivia question. Going to make you kind of a challenging uh, pursuer of the word today. 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Eight three. Okay, so the other thing that you can do is send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. If you send an email to david at hemustincrease.org, it'll come right here to my little Chromebook that I have sitting on the desk. Plus, we want you to check out hemustincrease.org. That's our website where we have, you know, different things to help you kind of understand the show and understand what we're doing. It's a place to give. It's also a place to receive. You can get the free book there. And it's also some videos and audios and different things like that. Please check out, please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie. All right. Uh, we're gonna, we are doing, by the way, today, uh, Book of Ezra. I have some really, I think it's really cool stuff, but the problem with me is I think everything is really cool stuff. <laughs> so, like we've said before, and I'll say it, and I have no problem saying it, I am my harshest critic and my biggest fan. So, you just got to figure out how that works because that's the reality of things. Let's uh, jump in real briefly into this Ezra text. If uh, we do not get a call on it, we got people texting in. Everybody's getting it right who was texting in. First words, Jesus spoke in Matthew. If we don't get a call, I'll have uh, T just wave her hand at me and remind me, and then I'll give you the answer uh, towards the end. You don't need the full quote, just really the first line. That's all I was looking for. Should have probably said that, but I didn't. All right, so Ezra chapter 8, this is going to start with verse 28. And I said to these priests, you and these treasures have been set apart as holy to the Lord. You and these treasures have been set apart as holy to the Lord. The reason that I wanted to start with this text, and we're in Ezra 8, and we're going to go from here. We got a few other things in Ezra 8 that I think we'll be doing uh, as well this hour. Here's something that I think that takes place that is a 
tragedy in the Christian faith. Whenever anybody hears the word holy, I just want you to hear it. Holy. It's holy. What do you think? And you think, ah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like the heavens have split open and the clouds are like all circle, circling. And uh, so that's the mindset that we have whenever you hear the word holy. Or you get, you have an image in your mind that something that has to do with the high priest and stuff that's taking place on the altar and everybody be careful. And okay. Well, that, that is in, in, in certain ways, there's a truth to that, not the truth, a truth to that. But really, what it means to be holy is to means to be set apart. And what set apart means is set apart for the Lord's use. In other words, not polluted by something else, but devoted or committed unto the Lord. Unfortunately, too many scholars have taken devoted or committed unto the Lord as something that's always sacrificed on an altar, and that's not what it means. What it means is that we're set apart in this capacity. In our time that we set apart for God to pray and to study the word that is therefore holy time. It is holy because it is separated unto God. It is separated from the pollution of the world. It is separated from the normal functionalities of life. It is separated from all these things and devoted or dedicated to the Lord. That's true in our time and in our time management, in our finances. So get this. This will just blow your mind. Finances that we set apart to honor God, to give him the best, not the leftovers, that can also be holy. Our, not just our time, not just our finances, but also other things like our words. Our words can be devoted or set unto the Lord. When we're singing praise songs, you are offering the sacrifice of praise and it is holy unto the Lord and not allowing other pollutions and other influences to get in the way. Our actions, our action, listen to that, our actions can be holy unto the Lord is if what we are doing is dedicated and devoted unto the Lord, not polluted by sin, not polluted by the worldly standards, but yielded to his honor and to his glory. If you guys are beginning to get where I'm going with this, that's what holy is. Our time, our treasure, and our talent as dedicated to the Lord, separated to the Lord, not polluted by sin, not polluted by Satan, not polluted by the world, not polluted by our flesh, but separated unto God. That's what holy is. And the Lord wants people to be set apart. In fact, when the passage says in Peter not to be polluted from the world, that's exactly what it's calling for, a holiness that exists in us, that we separate and dedicate and devote unto the Lord. That's what holiness is, okay? All right. The trivia question, okay? Trivia question uh, everybody who texted it in got it correct. Good to see Bobby hanging in there, sending an email. Good job. Uh, the answer is suffer it to be so, let it be so, or let it be so now, or suffer all righteousness, let the righteousness. 
the whole point was you guys got it on the target. Let it be so for now. That's the way we fulfill all righteousness. Great job, everybody. That was really good on that one because that was a toughie on purpose. All right, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what politics say, regardless of what uh, different people say, Jesus does one thing better than anybody else. He brings hope. It's like, wait, this could be different. And in verse 29, she touches Jesus, and immediately her bleeding stops, right? She, the Bible says, look at it, immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt it in her body. She was freed from her suffering. You know, people will say, well, I mean, how do you know if you're healed? I got a message for you. When the Lord, when you touch the Lord and power comes from the Lord into your life, you know. She knew. Not only did she knew, Jesus knew. And Jesus was like, okay, who touched me? Who touched me? Power went out for me. Right? And then the disciples are, Okay. There's like a thousand people right next to you. How are we supposed to? Now, why did Jesus do all that? Watch this. This is just one of those absolute mind blowers. The first thing that happens to her is her issue of blood ceases to exist because she touches Jesus. We would call that a physical healing. She was physically healed. She had an issue of blood, and that's a problem, and she couldn't do anything to help it. But when she was able to touch Jesus, bam, the physical healing happened. But then Jesus does this such weird thing because he's so cool that it just fits the whole thing. He says, who touched me? And they're all like going, okay, well, you know, take a look around, dude. There's a lot of people here. And he's like, who touched me? And then the woman said... It was me, right? Jesus not only physically healed her, watch this, he socially healed her because a woman who had an issue of blood was not allowed to have the same level of public contact as everybody else. So he heals her physically and then calls her up in front of everybody and goes, yeah, you're well now, huh? It's just, just think about the moment. And instead of saying anything negative, or because God's not like that, he's like, oh, your faith has healed you. Okay, your faith and confidence in you touching me made the difference. You're physically healed. And let everybody who's around you know you are no longer to be untouched because you touched me. Now you're socially healed. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Got a text from Joanne and Cordelia. They're on the road. They can't text in 
except for every once in a while. So everybody praying for them that their trip is safe and they're doing well. That's just something you can mention. You know, when people do that, and I want to talk about this from a practical point of view, people will say to me, hey, Dave, I'm, I'm going to be doing this. Can you pray for me? If I don't pray for them right then and there, as soon as I walk away from them, I, I just be, it's become a habit in like the last 10 years out of the first 40. I probably should have been doing it all along. But I just pray immediately in my heart for them as I'm walking away. If, they, if we can't pray right then and there together. And the reason is because I don't want to be unfaithful with their requests. It doesn't take very long, and I want the Lord to help them. So I always do that. I mean, that's the way to approach that. Okay, trivia question. To whom did Jesus say, this we're going back to easy, to whom did Jesus say, do not put the Lord your God to the test? Who did he say that to? Uh, the only thing I can tell you in that one is you'll find it in Matthew 4. Who did he say that to? Do not put the Lord your God to it. the test. If you think you know the answer, you call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. All right, get the buzzer. <laughs> is the buzzer working? It's probably working. It's working. This is theology as explained by children. So, you know, somewhere between, you know, seminary and kids. <laughs> my nice way of saying that. Okay, ready? I'm going to read a couple of these, and then I'll read like three or four, and then you can kind of evaluate maybe as a, as a, as a group. Okay. This is according to kids. The first book of the Bible is Genesis. Guinness, Guinness, sorry. The first book of the Bible is Guinness, in which Adam and Eve were created from an apple tree. That's number one. Noah's wife was called Joan of Arc. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Lot's wife was a pillar of salt by day and a ball of fire by night. Samson slayed the Philistines with the axe of the apostles. <laughs> this, the second one's really fun. Unleavened bread is bread without ingredients. And finally, Moses went up to the top of Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Last one, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> Seventh commandment is thou shalt not admit adultery. <laughs> All right, one more just because I have to. Joshua let the Hebrews in the Battle of Geritol. <laughs> Our kid's brilliant. <laughs> in the Battle of Geritol. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, just classic. All right, that's the first half. We'll stop there. Yeah, I could do this stuff all day long. So that's why I got to move on. Moving on. All right, the trivia question, who to whom? I always uh, dislike that, but to whom did Jesus say, do not put the Lord your God to the test? Who do you say it to? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. That's the number to call. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. What do we do with the DNA? Do we put it in, or you've already put it in, or not? 
No? You want to do it real fast? All right, let's do it real fast. Okay, don't forget our DNA. D, draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. 60, 60, did I tell you? There's like 57 times it says daily in the in the Bible, Something somewhere around that. I think it's 80 in total, but it's 60 says day or day by day or every day. All right, and never be ashamed of Jesus' words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus has to say. Even if you don't understand it all, you're still growing. I'm still growing. We're growing in the Lord, but you're never ashamed of what Jesus said. He knows what he's talking about. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, because that makes you sensitive to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in consideration of everybody around you. Those two principles help us love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody just knocked on your door or touched into your life and gave you an encouraging word? You can be that for somebody else. All right, again, to whom did Jesus say, do not put the Lord your God to the test? We'll leave that there and go into our text. We covered everything else, right? I think we're pretty strong. Okay, here's the next portion in Ezra chapter 8. This is in verse 2. This is Ezra. So we're finishing up on what we just said. He he said in, in, sorry, verse 29, he said, Guard these treasures well until you present them without an ounce lost to the leadership, the leading priests, the Levites, and the leaders of Israel at the storerooms of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. Without an ounce lost. So Ezra commits financial and material aspects, spiritual aspects to a certain group, to a group of priests who have been set apart for the Lord. And he says, look, when you present this, make sure there's not a loss of anything. You're responsible for it. So if there's, you know, X amount of gold, X amount of silver, X amount of texts, whatever the case may be, make sure that you don't you don't present this with any loss, anything going uh, the wrong direction. Make sure that you take care of everything. And this is the nicest way I can say this. This is called stewardship. And stewardship is not everybody on a boat with a guy named Stuart. Stewardship has to do with how you handle what God has given you. And you see how this works together with holiness or with being set apart because we're supposed to be set apart, dedicated, devoted, holy unto the Lord. Now you understand that in the depth of that holiness is a stewardship requirement. And let's talk about the number one element that God has given people for its stewardship. And I'm going to surprise you when I tell you what number one is, and many of you are thinking it's the proclamation of the gospel. That is a part of it, but that is not the number one stewardship requirement that every person has. The number one stewardship requirement that everybody has is to ultimately reflect Jesus more and more. But in a practical sense, it's time. <laughs> You're thinking, what? It's time. Time is a stewardship. God has given you a certain amount of time. Let me say this in the nicest way. You have 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120 years and or whatever months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds, right? 
whatever that stewardship of time is, that first thing that the Lord's going to obviously you're going to have to deal with is whether or not you're in the book of deeds or the book of life. And you're never going to get in by the book of deeds. So you have to be in by the book of life. So when the Lord says, why should I let you in? I think my name's right there in that book of life because I acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and I love him. And uh, and that's going to get a person in. But that's not the only question you and I are going to get. And we better we better own up to it. God is going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Remember, there's a judgment. If you remember in the Corinthian letters, there's, it talks about a judgment where fire will evaluate the work. It's not going to be whether you're saved or not. It's just going to be what you did. And the first thing you have as a steward is time. And God's going to want to know what you did with your time. So some people have actually—you can take this so legalistically. Some people are like, well, I try not to sleep because I try not to be bad with my time. It's like that's not—you know, God knows people have to sleep, right? Jesus took a nap. Take it easy. But the Lord has given us time. What are we doing with our time? Have we dedicated or devoted time to God that is better than an hour or two hours a week for a Sunday service or a Bible study? And then he's going to ask us how we did with what we were given. I mean, the Lord has given you this ability to to honor him, to have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to say, uh, what'd you do with the stuff I gave you? What'd you do with the time? What'd you do with the stuff I gave you? These are stewardship issues that we need to not be ashamed to respond to the Lord in. You get that? All right. It's not legalism, and I don't want you to take it as legalism. What I, what I was really challenged by this when I read this in a, in a book. It was only like in the last year. And I said, Lord, I'm not the best steward of time. Help me to do a better job. Yeah, some of those planning systems are okay. Don't get caught up in the legalism. But make sure that you've, you're uh, aware that you're a steward of the time and you're a steward of the resources. Your time, your talent. And your treasure. You're also responsible for the finances that God gives you and whether or not you're doing a good job being a steward of those finances. Most of the time, most of the time, I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. There's a couple things I've done even since doing this ministry that I think, was that the best decision? And then I tell the Lord, I'm sorry if I did that wrong and, and please, uh, you know, forgive me and help me to understand how to do it better. But that's just being honest. Just be honest with God. Walk through it in that way. You're a steward of time. You're a steward of your of your talents, the abilities that God has given you, and you're a steward of your treasures, your time, your talent, and your treasures. And you and I will have to answer for these things. Get that? Okay. That's not a legalism. That's to help us step it up. Hey, Lord, help us in all these areas, right? All right. Uh, to whom did Jesus say, "Do not put your, uh, do not put the Lord your God to the test"? Who did he say that to? He said it to the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, that guy who everybody thinks is, uh, you know, red suit and pitchfork and horns. Probably not, since he comes as an angel of light. The devil. That's who he said it to in the desert, in Matthew chapter four. Okay, we're going to take our break, and then we're going to come back, and we have more, as you should be aware. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. 
What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? Bibles are very cool looking. You can have them electronically. You can have them in your phone. You have them in your computer. There's tons of apps. There's also cool looking book Bibles. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's great. Here's the bottom line. All that's fancy and fantastic and useless if you don't read it and believe it and process it. For those that are trying to figure out, uh, first of all, well, why is it that the Bible is uh, its own unique entity? What's the deal in that? Well, the same breath that went into creating Adam, which was creating creation of man, that same breath went into the Bible. And so 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. That's the breath of God. And the breath of God that went into Adam is the breath of God that goes into the book, which is why this is a unique book. And then people are get they get really upset and they go, Well, hold on now. Hold on now, Dave. The the, the problem there is, you know, that that there's just so many people that have been a part of uh, writing the Bible. In fact, there's about 40 authors spanning about 3,000 years in all different types of positions in life. But here's the great thing about Christian faith. If you believe that God created the universe, you're going to step out on that big ledge and go, well, if he created the universe, he can probably write a book. Well, the amazing part about the book itself is not just the self-proclamations of the book, but you get into the prophecies, and it's an amazing, amazing element that every single prophecy has been fulfilled exactly, and yet there are some to come, and we will see those fulfilled. But while you're engaging in the Word of God, here's something you need to be aware of that Christians do not recognize, that that word where it says, for the Word of God is alive, is zone in the Greek. If we were doing a Greek word, that'd be zone. And that word means alive, to live. Jesus used that word in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, Behold, I am alive, and I live forevermore. Same word. And the word of God is alive. And you think, well, this is just a book. It is just a book, except for when you're reading the word of God and the Holy Spirit connects you to the word of God, it becomes something altogether different. Sometimes hallelujah. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next Bible trivia question. Ooh, this is a tough one. This is really hard. I feel bad about this. (laughs) This is hard. You can use any concordance you want. Do whatever you want. I think you guys can get it, though. In what town could Jesus perform very few miracles because of the people's lack of faith? 
In what town could Jesus perform very few miracles because of the people's lack of faith? Okay, that's the question. If you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. The reason that I want to challenge you in that, check out the concordance. We do have somebody calling in. Wow, I'm, I'm just amazing. It's not that I don't have confidence in you guys, just some questions are harder than others, and then when people are put on the spot, it becomes even harder, you know what I'm saying? But somebody's calling in, uh, and then we're going to have them answer the trivia, and then we're going to, uh, we had a prayer request come in, we're going to take care of that. Oh, did they, oh, do we get disconnected? Okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, that, in fact, while they're while they're responding to that, let's do the prayer request because I think that's good. So we had Deborah call in and somebody that, uh, I don't know, somebody that she's connected to passed away and she would like prayer for her, that person's father and the brother. So I want to just pray for them. If I get that wrong, Deborah, I'm super sorry. I'm doing the best I can on that. But let's just pray real quickly. Father, we come before you and we believe that you answer prayer. We would not spend time petitioning you if we did not believe that you answer prayer. And you teach us that faith is an important part of what we do when we pray. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. For those who come to you must believe that you exist and you reward those who seek you. So we ask for this family, somebody who passed away, we ask for this father and this brother. Sometimes things like this happen, and there can be a hardening of the hearts, and that's exactly what we're praying against, that their hearts would not be hardened toward you, but just filled with comfort. If they're already in your kingdom, we just ask you to pour your comfort upon them and help them to, to really uh, sense your presence and your commitment to them. And if they don't know you, then let this be a wonderful vehicle by which they can. But we lift them before you as you know them better than any other. We thank you for Deborah, and we thank you for her willingness to pray on behalf of other people. We ask you to help in this situation in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, now we have somebody answering on the trivia, so we're going to go back to that real fast. So hang on here. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? Right. Yep, there you are. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's great to hear your voice. Love it. Love Thank hearing you. from it's you. It's good to hear from you, too. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, this is a challenging question, up. huh? Huh? The challenging trivia question, huh? Say what? Say it, it again. This, is, this trivia question is not an easy one, right? I mean, this is a... Uh, or did you know it right away? Because <laughs> I don't never look up anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're so bad. All right, so then we'll ask that first, and then we'll check up and see how you're doing. So let's see. Okay. What town could Jesus perform very few miracles because of the people's lack of faith? Capernaum. It would actually be closer to where Jesus was from. I know I know. it was in Galilee. Yeah. I yep. mean, it was a town yep. in Galilee, yep. right? But I thought it was—I thought it was Capernaum. And if I'm wrong so, by this, I have no problem somebody correcting. But I think it's more along the lines of Jesus of Jesus of what's that typically? It's Jesus of normally. What do they say? 
Naz, Nazzy. Nazareth. Yeah! yeah All right, so we're going to check on that. So people do, everybody, this is why I love the audience. Check and make sure I'm not wrong and the book's not wrong. I And I, I could be wrong, so I'm going to put this down and say that. By the way, in the meantime, how are you? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. Okay. Anything we can pray for you in? Uh, yeah. Fire Stop away. being lazy. <laughs> Stop being lazy and uh, procrastinating. Ah, so some pro- procrastination going on there, little. And is it just because you're uh, just not feeling it? <laughs> you feel it, just feeling lazy, feeling kind of like, yeah, kind of like just chilling. It's, okay. it's more than that. It's, it's more than that a feeling. It's more like action. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Hey, let me pray. Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that God will give you a boost of energy. Is that all right? Well, I got the energy. It's just the uh, motivation. In fact, I I, I never have a problem with energy. At okay, all. so it's just the motivation to do it? it. It's more like a spiritual thing, really. Got it. Got it. Well, let, yeah. me, let me pray for you that the Lord will help you. How about that? Because He knows okay. He knows exactly you, what you need. You got it, my brother. Hang on. Hang on. Father, we just lift up our good brother to you, and we just pray that you would pour into him. He's got the energy, Lord. Give him the get-up-and-do-it position he needs to have, that motivation to make him move, to get the rock moving in the first place and get him to the right place, but help him, partner with him. Let him know that whatever he does, it's a partnership with you, and he's in business with you. And you are his partner. and Let him have confidence in that. We pray for your blessing in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, my brother. All right. So right now, I'm going to stand with the answer is Nazareth, okay? okay. If I'm wrong, okay. if I'm wrong, anybody can call no, in. No, uh, you, you're probably right because, uh, <laughs> uh, because he rebuked him for not being able to do. He, he, he rebuked him. Yeah, for not having because for not having the faith. Being able to do any miracles there. Right. He was shocked. Well, he was surprised. I mean, I don't know if the word shocked was the right word, but he was surprised. He was like, What? What's going on here? What do you got? Come on yeah. now. And, gotta and, believe and form, God can do it. A form of speaking, he kinda put him under a curse because he talked about how Sodom and Gomorrah would change. Yeah, if the miracles if were done in you, right. Right. I think I know where you're going on that one. Well, we're going to keep praying for you, and you keep in touch with us, and you don't hesitate calling, okay? Because I want you to be oh, able okay. to. You got it? Okay. I, I don't, hey, I'm listening to you almost every day. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> now, my, now, my thing is, is, I like the, you know, one time you said not to call because, not to call and answer a lot of questions. So what I try to do is let other people answer the question. It's not that I don't know. It's just. I try to be obedient. Ah, I gotcha. And that's off. That's awesome that you're thinking of others while you're going through the process. And that's what we want people to do, to think of others. That's part of the Christian walk, not to just think of yourself, but to think of other people. But it's still good to yeah. hear your voice. I, I think it's a it's, blessing. It's, thank you. Thank you very much. I love you. All right, brother. Love you, too. Okay. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. So, Kirk, uh, Kirk isn't that great that reads <laughs> People are so now. While that was going on, Kirk did a Matthew thirteen fifty five through fifty eight, uh, referring to he couldn't do a lot of things there. Uh, Nazareth, 
I think that's a I think that's a go. That's a, that's a go. We're gonna leave that. That's a go. Okay. All right. Uh, let me do this quick teach on this one portion here. It doesn't take long. So uh, this next section that's in Ezra verse thirty. So the priests and the Levites accepted the task of transporting the treasures to the temple of our God in Jerusalem. I have a message for you. God has a work for you. God has something for you, and you have to accept the task. I know there's a couple of people, not bad people, that just they hate the word accept. They don't like the, the connotation. I got it. I don't have a problem with them saying I'd rather hear acknowledge, surrender. Me too. I think so. But there's times where in the call, in the walk, in the con- connection with the Lord, that the things the Lord sets before you, he just wants you to accept the task. He wants you to acknowledge the task. He wants you to surrender the task. He wants you to do the thing he wants you to do. And in our case, we first start off by saying yes to Jesus as Savior, then yes to Jesus as Lord. And that should be kind of a simultaneous yes, Lord and Savior kind of mentality. I mean, there's not, you know, people, he should be Lord first, he should be Savior first. Well, you can't have any lordship without a Savior, so that doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is it doesn't stop there. God will continually ask things of you, and the reason he will do that is because he wants you to be a part of what he's doing, and what he's doing is building his kingdom. So it's not just a matter of saying yes to Jesus as Lord, yes to Jesus as Savior, but it's also saying yes to anything he wants you to do to help build his kingdom. Might that be just praying for people? Uh Uh-huh. Might that be serving at a local church? Uh Uh-huh. Might that be driving somebody somewhere just to help them out? Sure. Might that be donating here or there? Yep. Might that be uh, any of the other things, fixing a meal for somebody, offering to babysit for somebody, taking somebody out for a cup of coffee just to encourage them and let them know that they're loved in the Lord, praying over people for healing, helping them get connected, all of those things. But accept it and accept it with joy, the task that the Lord sets before you, and do that which he has committed for you to do. Every person in the body has something to do, something. There is nobody that has been commissioned by God to say, uh, you get to do absolutely nothing because you're special. By the way, here's a birthday cake. That's not how that goes. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not what it is. Okay, We are all in it together. We must hang together because as the persecution increases, like Ben Franklin said, if we don't hang together, we'll certainly hang separately. (laughs) So don't forget that. All right, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Take a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be far. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. 
You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon experience? It's because heaven is not some statuesque place where people go there and then freeze. Wait, I'm in heaven. I'm standing. Nope, I can't sit. Wait, no, I'm in heaven. I'm sitting. No, wait, I can't stand. Where does that kind of concept of heaven come from? Well, is he standing or is he sitting? I'm going to go with he's doing both. He's standing on this one. He's sitting on this one. Over there, he could be doing a Scooby-Doo act. I don't know what he's doing. All I know is that heaven is not about frozen people that don't move. And if we don't get a better handle on what heaven is, we're going to lose our communication of our hope to a hope that's based on 72 virgins, which guarantees you after 73 times, it's not the fun it was the 72 times. It's so ridiculous. And that's the hope we're not winning on? You have got to be kidding me. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. All right, before we do our trivia question, let me say a couple things real quickly uh, regarding the book. Now, you guys know you can go to hemustincrease.org and get the uh, electronic copy uh, for free. And I think how Kindle does it is you got to be like a Kindle member. And if you're not, I think it's 99 cents. I don't make anything. There's nothing I don't make. Then there's the print book, and that uh, was seven seventy seven. <laughs> we changed it. Yeah, that's right to six ninety five. That way, we're only making ninety five cents a book. And uh, the bottom line on that is, uh, if you ordered it already, you have one of the unique copies because I had to make some additional corrections, and we'll keep making corrections. But there'll be some mistakes. Doesn't matter. It's still fun to read it. I'm having a good time with it. I'm just hoping people don't use it as a coaster. You know what I'm saying? It's a book. Have fun. It's easy. Read it. Okay. Uh, So uh, enjoy it. It's not – and I did make a commitment, by the way, and we'll stand by it. If anybody reads a book and doesn't get blessed by it, tell me and I'll refund your money personally. How about that? I'm not even kidding. It's like totally serious. You think, why would you do that? Why not? That's my answer. Who asked Jesus for a drink at a well? Who was that? What was her background? That's what you want to think of. Who asked Jesus for a drink at a well? Okay? Not talking about some kind of bar. At a well. 
right? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call. You can also text 214-210-8483. You can also send an uh, email, david at hemustincrease.org. Somebody's already calling in. I'm so far behind. I realized I didn't even do history. <laughs> right? Really? Incredible. I'm so far behind. I cannot believe how far behind. Believe it or not, I'm not that far behind in school, which is amazing. Somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, it's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Oh, I hope we prayed that prayer right because we were praying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for that. Okay, that's good. um, Are we allowed to say last names on the radio? You you are. You are. As long as we're not doing defamation things, we're fine. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. no. I just wanted to say, believe it or not, his name is, last name was Jolly. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's yeah. just so weird. Oh my! And what happened? Somebody she, she passed away. Like it was it like unknown? Or was there? Uh, was... No, no. Um, it, it was during a medical procedure, unfortunately. Oh, oh that's so sad. That's sad, yeah. sad. Yeah. All right. Well, we will absolutely keep praying for for for. So it's the father and the and the brother, right? Yes. Okay. We'll keep them Thank in you. prayer so that they're doing okay. All right, you now you're fantastic. So I have a feeling you're gonna get this because if you don't, I still think you're gonna get this. Uh, who asked Jesus <laughs> for a drink at a well? I think it was a woman from Samaria. That is correct, Amundo, the Samaritan woman. That is right. And you gotta. It's almost like the way they ask the question. You gotta be careful because it's like, uh, who asked Jesus for a drink at the well? What is that like? The local dive? <laughs> it's like the way they say it doesn't That's make funny. sense. But you gotta go with what you got. All right. How are right. you doing? How are you doing in general? You doing pretty good. Yes, sir. How about you? I'm doing good. I got a lot done for school. I only have one more week here, one other class, and then final project. And it's just like, oh. So now I'm starting to tell people, I'm telling people I'm close to a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And yeah, I was just going to say, when I call in, it's usually for the easy ones. <laughs> well, that you know, I'll give you a really. You tell me if you want me to get to the dimensions and the different things in the, in the temple. I have always found that to be a stubble, stubble for people, people going, "What the dimension of what?" I don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> good job, though, Deborah. I appreciate it. All right, All thank right. you. You and T have a good day. All right, thanks. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. So I was behind in the everything else I've ever done today, so we still have to do uh, history. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. You know, I take the time to print them. I might as well know them, right? Am I just losing it today? I'm uh, losing it, too. It's okay. It's okay. Monday. All right. That's what it is, right? It's Monday. It's okay. All right. Uh, let's do the history uh, stuff ahead of time. History. Let's go All right, so uh, I think that's funny because we were talking about my book. It's Book Lovers Day. <laughs> so let's see, that would work. It's also uh, – now somebody's going to have to work with me on this, okay? It's National Polka Day. You know what a polka is? Like you ever heard of this, like a, the, music, the polka music? 
No? Okay. <laughs> People are listening going, what do you mean she doesn't know what polka music is? You know she's as blessed as you can be if she doesn't know what polka music is. Don't get mad at me. There's a couple of funny movies that do that. He was the polka king. Anyhow, uh, also on this day in 1892, Thomas Edison received a patent for a two-way telegraph. Uh, Jesse Owens, 1936, became the first American to win four medals in a single Olympics. I did not know that. Here's my uh, fave. Okay, I got two faves. This is why I have to do it. One, 2001, Gomer Pyle. Gomer, remember, remember? Okay. Fictional TV character Gomer Pyle is made an honorary U.S. Marine and promoted to the rank of Lance Corporal by the commander, the, the commandant of the U.S. Marines. Remember his famous saying was, We'll go away. That's, that's how you say, We'll go away. He played, was portrayed by Jim Neighbors, introduced in 1962 during the third season of the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> How's that? Spun off on his own show in 64, Gomer Pyle, USMC. Well, golly. Remember that? Okay. And then uh, finally, Smokey the Bear made his first appearance uh, in 1944. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> we'll just move on. Just We're done with that. We're done with that. We're done with trivia. Let me finish the teaching. I still have to drive home and... Listen to Greg uh, Olden's book. Uh, here's the last part of the teaching, and then we'll close out for this Ezra section here. Uh, we broke camp at the canal on April 19th, started off for Jerusalem, and the gracious hand of our God protected us and saved us from the enemies and from bandits along the way. And so at last we arrived safely in Jerusalem where we rested for three days. Uh, the reason that I bring this up is we're getting ready to go into this next section. Ezra's coming back to Jerusalem. What happened in Jerusalem is things were going pretty good. Then he left. Then he's coming back, and they're spiraling out of control again. That happens a lot for Christians who don't have accountability. Not weird accountability. I'm very opposed to shepherding Per se, I'm extremely opposed to over-authoritative pastors or, or, or just top-down ministry uh, concepts. Jesus took 12, invested in the 12, spread them out. Then they did things. Uh, there's way too much power and authority and abuse and control on a lot of governmental systems, and there are, the, are those things in pastoral systems. We need to be following the leadership as they follow Christ, as they reflect Jesus Christ. They don't tell you whether we're reflecting Jesus Christ. You open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you look. That's not like Jesus. We're not doing that. And so uh, he, then he, he says, the gracious hand of our God was on us, protect us, saved us. When the last arrive, uh, they get there. There's going to be a few problems because the people didn't have any good leadership, and then kind of down, down they go. Uh, the thing that Ezra brings up that's most important is that God kept protecting him and saving him and his crew because they were diligent and faithful before the Lord. Does that mean any time you have something bad happen to you, you weren't? No, you know that. But there is a safety in the Lord. The hand of God protects us. The hand of God keeps us from things we don't even know. It is my contention, though I cannot define it biblically, but it is still my contention, that God has probably saved the earth from blowing up more times than we'll ever know. Why? Well, because it's man and it's nuclear power. and I don't know. just doesn't look good. <laughs> so, now, would I die on a hill to defend that? No. 
Here's what I would say. God's graciousness protects us and saves us. He keeps us, and we have a purpose in being kept. And in that purpose, we want to fulfill and honor that which God has before us. But we need to recognize that our safety comes from the Lord. Believe it or not, as dumb as this sounds, you should be. I'm doing it every day. I pray for the Lord to protect me every drive now. Because there's an enemy. I just want the Lord to keep me safe. It's not that I don't know how to drive. It's not that I don't know how to get out of the way of a semi that's going 900 miles an hour down the lane. But I still pray for safety. And the Lord has kept me safe on a few different occasions. Just think of Samson's testimony, how God spared his life. The car flipped on the free, or did a 360 or 180 on the freeway. And then the next day, his car was driving and he was almost off the threads on his tire. That's the gracious hand of our God that protects us and saves us. Okay? You will be done when God says you are done but he will protect you as you pursue and seek him and surrender to him and live for him and glorify his name. He will watch over you. He will send his angels to protect you too, which they've probably done numerous times because God loves us and protects us in that way. Okay? All right. Last thing to tell you, uh, we've got uh, some really cool things coming up that I'm not sharing yet, but please keep me in prayer as I'm winding down in school. I've got a week and a half in this class, one other class, then I'm in my final project. Still need the Lord's confirmation for the final project. Could use your prayers in that. I am like you going, what? What do you want? What? Okay. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.